You're listening to the Grossed Out Podcast with Rob Gross. It's me. I'm Rob Gross. Welcome to another episode of the Grossed Out Podcast. I am your host, Rob Gross. Today, I am talking to Amy Chiaretto, uh, who is a PR guru extraordinaire. Super stoked to have her on the show. We're going to talk about one of my all-time favorites, my favorite hardcore band of all time, Snapcase. So let's let, let's do a little brief uh, brief synopsis, a little bio on what Amy's about. Amy is from New Jersey, and therefore, she has to. She loves E-Town Concrete, Thursday, Bon Jovi, and of course, The Boss. She worked at Roadrunner Records for well over a decade doing PR for Slipknot and Nickelback, Killswitch Engage, Machine Head, Gojira, Trivium, the one and only Meatloaf, Dream Theater, Opeth, Megadeth, Obituary, Cradle of Filth, and many more. She now has her own PR firm called Adam Splitter, which is uh, which just turned eight. So happy birthday, Adam Splitter! Still handles yes, publicity, thank you. of course. She still handles PR for Killswitch and Trivium, as well as the Pretty Reckless, I Prevail, Hatebreed, Falling in Reverse, August Burns Red, Pierce the Veil, the Insane Clown Posse, which we need to get in. Let's put a pin in that. Hailstorm yep. in this moment, Alexis on Fire, another pin. Uh, Bear Tooth, the Acacia Strain, <laughs> Behemoth, Producer Will. The Scorpions, Wage War, Zeal and Ardor, and many more awesome bands. She also works with the with homeless dogs and loves her two English bulldogs, Higgins, Hanson, Higgins, Hanson, and Selmo, and Titus Castle uh, Bernthal. More than anything or anyone, Amy, welcome to the Grossed Out Podcast. Hi, I'm so stoked to be doing this. I am so stoked to have you because, um, like my fellow buddy, uh, episode I think uh, three, four, uh, Jason Leckberg. I don't know how we become friends. So, like, for any for who's listening, we have become friends during COVID. I know. <laughs> and it's the, the weirdest time to ever become friends with anybody. It totally is. And I don't know how it's taken us this long to get here since we basically share, like, a thousand mutual friends. We, you have great taste in music because you have the same taste I have because mm. I have great taste in music. But we know all of the same people. You were probably at all the same shows I was at when you lived on the East Coast. And it's like you were at all the legendary Roadrunner Christmas parties, and I don't know how we have. It took us this long to become friends, and I'm I'm telling you, we have a we're making up for lost time. We're making up for lost time, and once COVID is over, we'll definitely make up for it even uh, more. We are I definitely mean, gonna bro. We I, have to. I was thinking about it today that I was also at like Roadrunner 25. I oh was, my god! <laughs> I have like literally on these all these college rep conference calls when I was in Jacksonville, Florida, like in 2000, 2001. It was me, and then like 40 something other reps that only wanted to talk about the other label groups like Lost Highway, Island Def Jam, and it's just me and poor Mark Shapiro, who's like the regional or whatever at the time, or the, the marketing guy, being like, this one weirdo in Jacksonville really fucking likes Deicide. He really likes like 36 Crazy Fists. How do we how do we get him to New York? And that's how it all started. So it's crazy that like I've known your name for so long. And the fact I know. That, and so, it, you know, it, it makes sense that we get to talk about my favorite hardcore band ever, Snapcase. So good. So good. They're one of my top five of all time. Desert Island listening. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I know, you know, I, I, I can be verbose when it comes to it and maybe a little bit not not not, not exaggerating it, but maybe a little bit where I'm like, oh, I fucking love this. But like you get excited when there's like a song that comes on that you love or you go see a band like a band like, you know, like I love failure. When I go see failure, they're like my favorite band because like. I'm seeing failure. They died in 1997. They shouldn't even be around anymore, but they're here. So like you get that, that, that feeling, but with Snapcase, legitimately one of my favorite bands ever, the sweetest guys, a band that I've been listening to since I was 13 years old. And uh, yeah, a total pleasure and honor to talk to somebody that, that I, I'm sure feels the same way. So why don't you walk me through it? How did you discover the band? How did your fandom with Snapcase come to be? You know, it was, Back in that period of the, the mid-90s, like Victory Records was untouchable. With I wanted to work there so bad. Me and they too. did offer me a job out of college, and I said no, and me I don't too. know why, right? Yeah. Because, well, I know, we know why we said we no. Know why. We, we know. We're like, we're totally like, you know, communicating via satellite right now how, how <laughs> why we both said no. We know what, what the initials, I'm not even going to go there. No, but good, we, good. we know why we said no, but like... That that roster at that time was untouchable. Mm -hmm. Snapcase, Earth Crisis, Strife, Grade, yeah. Grade. To me, Kyle from Grade, his voice oh, amazing. Yeah, uh, Holy Strife. Unique. 
hate breed, you know, and then it went on to with like Thursday and, and all those bands as that they started signing later. But that mid nineties period was uh, like, I loved everything that they put out. There was nothing Same. that, that I didn't love there. And they had, it was like with earth crisis who I still, I love, I could do an episode about them. Oh, like I yeah. love everything about them. Uh, you know, just the Judd Judd hardcore. They were, I was always into animal rights issues and that like they brought that to the forefront. Mm -hmm. I always like, there's never, every earth crisis breakdown is like better than the next. And then <laughs> Snapcase to me was like, they sounded like helmet but with a very monotone singing voice. Now, that is not an insult to Daryl Taberski because I think he is what makes that case stand, stand out. And the guitars, like Frank Vicario, oh, like whatever genius. he's doing that makes those guitars sound, wah, wah, that like wah, wah, wah sound, you know, I don't know if I'm doing it right, but that guy, he looks like he's like an algebra teacher with his, you know, short hair and his glasses. Well, that's they, they are like 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 Tim the drummer is a fucking professor. PhD, he's a PhD. I know Tim Redman. He's a PhD, and like John Salemi, like he was just. I, I remember always watching him and being like, he still looks the same. Like he, he does. doesn't. He hasn't aged at all. And because when I saw them, I don't think he played with them when I saw them in Brooklyn like two years ago. He didn't. I don't, he, he, he didn't play the Orange County show either. I'm like, damn, he grew long hair and got hella skinny. And then I'm I like, know, wait I'm a like, minute, who is that That's dude? not John Salemi. No, he was, and, the guy was great, but it wasn't John. I know, I was kind of like hoping to go say hi to him because I always would talk to those guys. I would interview them for like the local magazines that I wrote for at the time because I grew up right outside of Philly. So I would always go ah. see shows at the Trocadero or the yep. TLA or the First Unitarian Church. And I would always, you know, in the summer, you always had those great package tours, Earth Crisis, Strife and Snapcase, like yeah. it was always like what was that East Coast take well, not East Coast the takeover. California takeover. That's what I was thinking of. And like I would uh the first time I, I ever heard of them was like honestly my college boyfriend, Tom, he and I were just metal fans. We would go see Pantera and Tool and Rage of the Machine all before they like got really huge and then like we he was a big hardcore fan. He would love the Agnostic Front and Murphy's Law and Shelter and, and Vision of Disorder and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And one day he had a Snapcase shirt on it. It was like a white t-shirt and it I think it was the for the Step CP because it had like the orange and yellow yeah. lowercase lettering. And I just remember I was like, who's Snapcase? And then he was like, oh, we got to listen to it. And then it was just from there, it was just like listening to those. It was that stop, start, chunky mm -hmm. riffing. And they sounded like Helmet, That's but right. heavier. And Daryl Tversky's voice to me was like, I remember Doc Coyle used to always say to me, man, every song sounds the same with Snapcase. And I would be like, no, 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 no. I was like, it's Daryl's voice that just, it's so unique and it, it really puts in his lyrics. Like you could tell like he was college educated because I felt like it was a lot of stuff I was learning in like psychology classes in college, but yeah. it was just so, his phrasings were so amazing. I like still listen to those songs to get me through when I'm like, when I'm really in my own head and I got to get out of it and remind myself, like, I have to stop thinking this way and I don't like how I'm thinking. I go back and I listen to like the Step CP or Looking Glass Self, especially the title track, because that song has, it's like Daryl wrote that song with like, he was in my brain. Like I, that song still, how old is that record? It's like over 20 something years. It's and that song still gets me. It's about to be 28 years old. Oh my right. God, 30 years old, oh my I God. I know, well that's the thing, right? Cause I was in a, oh I, was in a hard, I was in a hardcore band called Backscatter when I was 13. Uh -huh. And we used to cover a select few songs. Cause like we, we had like six, seven originals, I think by the end. And we, <laughs> and we would open shows for like Marilyn Manson and the spooky kids. And like this local band that, that was on like metal massacre called they're called Ambugalard. And they were like the biggest local band. We used to open for nonpoint. They were called nonpoint factor. They were thrash. I remember bands. they were called nonpoint factor. I have yeah. the tape, the, the tape demo of nonpoint. Yes. factor. Oh my God. I, okay. We have to, that's a, <laughs> wow. Okay. So I got some relics. I got relics. Those are relics. Now, now they're like 30 fucking years old but i remember we we would we would play these shows and we were like we need to we need to figure out like two or three covers and we ended up covering you will love this we ended up covering um method of groove by life of agony great song great song and then we ended up covering there was one other cover i can't we, i think we tried to cover like coc's albatross but like the oh. my band didn't have like the swagger to pull off the riffs and because I, I was still learning guitar I was not there to be able to like I was a singer so I couldn't sing and play guitar at the same time so we're like well shit so we started co uh, covering um, 
uh, uh, the first song with, with uh, uh, God damn it, with Drain and uh, I, why, why is Filter? That? Filter and Drain You. Because right. they never, in, on the CD, those two songs bled together. I always thought it was a manufacturing error yes. on my copy of Looking Glass Self, and it's not. Because mm. it's still like that when I try listening to it on YouTube today. It, it's you know, so it weird. Is. It totally is. And, the, and and we were able to do that, and then I realized real quick that like it might, what, 13 non, like totally going through puberty voice, where I'm like, wait, this is like Helmet fronted by Perry Farrell. I can't mm-hmm. do this. So <laughs> it never made it out of the rehearsal space. Uh, Method of Groove wow. made, it, made it, sadly made it on stage. That was pretty embarrassing. But, uh, but <laughs> Gotta um, find some old footage of that. Oh, I have VHS tapes VHS. somewhere. <laughs> Somewhere, but you got yeah. a VCR you can play that on. I do not have a VCR. <laughs> I don't even feel like I have a DVD player anymore. I actually do, but I don't even think it's plugged in. I don't know. I think we're we're Blu-ray, and then like my laptop has nothing. It's just nothing. I know it's smart TV all the way. That's yes, all I have, pretty yes. much. So yeah, I mean, like the, this band. I think it was the first band, and you and I were kind of talking about it. We were texting about it that this is the first band that I remember listening to that. I, it wasn't about like I think it's another uh, it's another comparison to Helmet where it's the first band that I remember listening to being like oh my god I feel that way or like oh my god he's singing about something he's screaming something at me where it's not preachy no disrespect to Earth Crisis where it, it, mm-hmm. I love Earth Crisis it just it, it is preachy and I mean that it's as, totally as a, as a preachy they're like they are that's what they that was their lane and they owned it and they had to. And Carl Buchner and all those guys, like they crushed it. They 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 had a voice for people who didn't, and they yeah. they, they fit it fit what they needed to do. And I mean, Daryl, like you said, not preachy. No, look, I'm a fucking fan. I've seen Freya in VFW halls and oh my in, in like East Brunswick. Like I have, I have like I've put in my time. So trust me, this is like when, when I say this, I mean it. Like like Snapcase was just always. They felt like they were always ahead of the the curve in the always. same way that like faith no more was always mm-hmm. ahead of their specific 57 lanes <laughs> Snapcase always felt like okay cool we're now done with heart we're not done with hardcore but we're done with what you think hardcore is like when they made end transmission that was like a deftones record that to me felt like mm-hmm. a response to white pony it, it, i i would agree with that because there was a lot of atmospheric stuff on that record but i also feel that carried over from designs for automotion oh, which totally. also turned 20 this year because um, i, I, so I want to talk about how 2000 had some of the i'm just gonna throw it out there right now had some of the best music came out the white pony which is my favorite album of the oos and still holds so, up yes everything you ever wanted to know about silence which i still think is glass dolls pinnacle um yeah kill switch engages first self-titled mm-hmm. uh Shadows Fall of One Blood. Oh, fuck, there, right. So many awesome, Wait, awesome records. Was that also God Forbid Determination, same year? No, I think Determination came out in 2001. Ah, well, close enough. But yeah, it's close enough, right? Yeah, but 2000. Also, this is the height of new metal. This is the height of CD sales. Oh, this is my like, God, right. so like you have these bands because some of them look like like Earth Crisis Slither came out that year, and I might be in the be in the minority. I fucking love that record. I don't love that record. I love it because I love his. I thought that he had this Aussie-ish tone to his voice. The hmm. rapping I could do without. But yeah, that, and and the fake leather jackets that they also wore in the photo shoots. I was like, guys, you're, set, you're 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 <laughs> mixing the message here. Totally. Like, I get it. Vegan leather is great. That's awesome. But it no. But yeah, also be, right. But to 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 bring it back to the Roadrunner thing, they were coming off of what I think is their best record. Like, mm-hmm. Breathe the Killers it's is good. holy shit. Okay, so. So this is so this is you in the mid '90s. You're discovering Snapcase through your uh, through your boyfriend, and now this has kind of like turned your whole world upside down. I remember you you said to me that this, which, funny enough, again another reason why I cannot believe we have not met to this point is that I use Snapcase lyrics in my high school yearbook as like my mm-hmm. final quotes. <laughs> I it was love like it. it was it was breaking and reaching, and it's like uh, that's how I run and I fall, yeah. and the world keeps on running, running right by me. It's right. like so simple, yep. but when it's put to that music and in Daryl's voice. I remember the only time I've ever saw them play that song was at the Melody Bar in New Brunswick, which is, doesn't exist anymore, and it was amazing. Sorry, sorry. No, to no, no, please. That, that that's <laughs> awesome. It's it's just like that. 
that that record i remember i bought it at a record store called um called sids in uh in, in coral springs florida or it was in some side, side town and it was in our mall which just turned into a vocational school mm. and when it was a mall it had batting cages a shitty movie theater where i saw private parts and like naked gun 33 and a third oh, and yeah. like you know like a, a store that sold only like knockoff stacy adams and like it was a total <laughs> fucking shithole of a mall but this amazing record store is in there and um and I've talked about it in previous episodes. That store changed my life. And I remember being in the store and being like, fuck, like, we didn't know at the time. Like, like, think about this. There was no internet was like, I had prodigy. There was like, no, it was dial up. Like that geocity or geocities yeah, or yeah, angel yeah. fire website. Right. Right. Like you, this was not, this was like your 15th choice to find music news. Yeah. So it's like, I didn't even know Snapcase put out a new record. And I'd already been a huge fan of looking glass elf and the steps EP is what solidified me as a fan, because that to me was the more, helmetish of what they, they oh yeah that ep it's what four songs and one of them is instrumental yeah and but the production values from from looking glass self to the steps ep is markedly improved They're, like i yeah. love the dirtiness i love the dirtiness of looking glass self and the lyrics like i was saying i wrote them on my like college notebooks my friends would be like who is that what is that i'd be like it's a fan snap piece you're not gonna like them because they all liked like the verve pipe and shit like that but not dissing them because i actually think they have good songs but it was like they were not hardcore kids so right right i mean it's i think it's it's a gateway band in a way where like my wife doesn't fuck with hardcore but it was always like i remember early on i know we're jumping all over the place but I, you know we are we are it doesn't, I, I doesn't matter i want to talk about but i remember it like it was showing her the lyrics to bleeding orange that mm. was like mm-hmm. holy shit like wow this song like yeah okay he works at home depot this is like the story of like making minimum wage and not getting your due and working too hard and getting nowhere and i think it just if they were hardcore was hitting a pinnacle at that time and they as far as like sales and shit they were one of the bigger hardcore bands ever I they think were the, the only band that was more successful than them at that time was hatebreed yep hatebreed and like I said, I would even, I, I when I first met, mentioned to you, I was like, oh, I could do Snapcase, I could do Far, I could do Hatebreed for an episode, because those are all bands too, <clears throat> uh, at, whose music has stood, has held on for me, has, like, the, the, the records have stood the test of time, they've aged well, like, yeah. <clears throat> their discographies, like, and the bands are, some of the bands are still active, obviously Far is not, and neither is Snapcase really just playing some shows, but it's like, Hatebreed, it was just because it was just that brutal, more accessible than certain heavy bands. And it was so positive. And Jasso is just a superstar. I mean, we just have to, that's what he is. And he with is. Snapcase, it was like, Snapcase was like selling out big venues. Like at the Trocadero was a big venue. It was like, and you could go there and you knew that like you were going to get a great set. <clears throat> You knew that the openers were going to be pretty solid. And then it was like Deftones started taking Snapcase on tour. And I'd be like, yeah. oh, my God, two of my favorite bands of all time. I'm going to get to see them together. It was like, it was like, you know, I, I was like orgasmic. I was like, I can't believe this. And Snapcase just with designs for automotion. My favorite song on that record is Ambition Now because it's so pretty. Like mm-hmm. the lyrics are really like this pretty thing that Daryl's talking about and just about living your life. And then there's that really dreamy riff that comes in towards the end and it's just so beautiful and I was like this is the pinnacle of how creative this band is and we haven't even talked about progression through unlearning yet which is <laughs> how but, do we get there? Like, no, but, my head is exploding yeah but it's it's like okay so you so ambition now is like that was the first kind of at least like tap on the shoulder for me where like this band has so much more to offer where the yeah the production on this record was definitely more mainstream and i mean that in yeah. a positive way it was me cl- too. it was clearer and i think before that especially with windows windows to me felt like there was a big thing in hardcore at the time where every hardcore drummer wanted to sound like john from helmet and they mm-hmm. all were using the piccolo snare and that's mm-hmm. what's on steps that's what's on uh, progression and I mm-hmm. think with Designs for Automotion they kind of fell into their own and that that end of that record like when you go from Ambition Now to my favorite of that record which is at least today which is Break the Static mm-hmm. that's like a fucking one-two punch that would normally like kick off a record and they're like we're just gonna bury this like a track eight and nine and that's just insane to me but that's how 
they were just writing bangers. Like I think of all, I, I always ask people on this podcast, like what's the worst, what's your least favorite song in the catalog? What's the worst song with Snapcase? I just don't have one. I mean, I know. It, it maybe like the first EP when Daryl wasn't on vocals, there's the, yeah, Chris uh, Golis was his name or something. something yeah. Something like I, that. I, I would, I don't think I had any interest in Snapcase until Daryl Tversky. Same. Like, He's such a definitive voice, and I know he's polarizing, and I know it's not for everybody, but I know that it's a hundred percent for me. No, totally. and the the lyrics and and the lyrics and the vocals, it's just what what always did it for me. And progression through unlearning, you know, I don't think I just I just did it. I said, you know, I'm trying to stop that. Uh, this is <laughs> this is your time to shine. I know, <laughs> like the amazing E Town Concrete record, uh-huh. a "Time to Shine," which I know my girl Zena Coda also reveres as one of the best releases from a Jersey band ever. I and mean, yes, E Town's—it's a, a Jersey thing, it is. but I, I love E Town, and I will go see them anytime that they play their re- one reunion show a year when we have shows, and it's always—and I will always buy merch, and I will always. Love everything Ant Money does. I would love to go to see E-Town. I haven't seen them in so since I lived in Jersey. I haven't seen E Town since like two thousand and three, maybe. I saw them. They played a reunion show. I'm sorry to get away from progression on oh. learning, but I saw them. They played October first at the star, October first, two thousand fifteen, at the Starland. I remember because my friend had to go to a wedding, and I had to Facebook Live the entire show so that she could watch it while she was at the wedding because oh, we both love E Town so much. Oh my god. They were they went on stage at ten o'clock and I kid you not they were still playing at one thirty in the morning. I was like I gotta go I gotta I I, I have to drive to Philly tonight and it's two <laughs> like almost two in the morning with my friend. I was like I gotta go. Aunt Money, I love you. You you are amazing. I'm I, out. <laughs> I, I, I I tapped out. I was like I gotta go. I I you know I can't fuck with this anymore. I had to get out of there because it was like I love E Town but I'm I'm done. I really another- was like. It's another reason why I love hardcore. It's like you're gonna get a 25 minute set. It's gonna kick your ass. Then you can go home. Yeah, and then you're done. Like, like I feel like Hatebreed can play like two albums in a half hour set because the songs are so short. Totally. But for, for back to progression through unlearning from yeah. Snapcase, that came out in 1997, mm. and I just think I always reference Lou Collar from Sick of It All, who is a, an amazing human, also an amazing band. And you guys were talking about it on the you and Chris Enriquez mm-hmm. were talking about this on the Quicksand episode about how like scratch the surface came out on a major label it's like what like the sick of it all record and that's another band who i feel like their discography stands up for me like i never every time i see them i'm always happy they're just awesome and lou collar and i were both on a cmj panel and then i interviewed him and armando for a uh uh noise creep aol noise creep podcast years later and he always mentions that he thought progression through and learning was the record that just turned hardcore on its ear because Everything about that record, like I love so much of the lyrics on progression. Um, sorry, Looking Glass Self, but progression through unlearning. That also took that up a notch. But that's where Frank Vicario riffing just became like, what is this guy doing? It sounds like he has like like a, it's almost like he's like the hardcore Tom Morello because totally. he makes these he makes totally. these sounds that sound yeah. like a, his guitar almost sounds like a turntable in a different way yeah. there's just sounds like zombie prescription how that starts that that in the beginning right. and and harrison and bergeron harrison, and, harrison, and caboose yeah. all those guitar sounds i like i said i feel like he's the indie tom morello because he just makes sounds that you go where is that coming from and you look at him and there he is with his little beard and his glasses and he looks like he's the genius at you know the genius bar at, at the apple store oh 100 percent. he was just an unassuming work pants cargo pants wearing guy who was just kind of quiet and just made these sounds that made Snapcase better it's it's insane and that record it just continues to be the gift that keeps on giving I, it does I, so when they did the original reunion shows for the west coast which again i've seen them headlines like skate and surf i've seen i went on tour yeah. with them for like five dates in florida back in the day at like with like buried alive and um anti oh my and god still on the come up and like, <laughs> scott scott vogel scott buried vogel. alive yep. i love terror one with the underdogs oh man underrated underrated record the first three terror records but that's a whole other story well, i can but, talk about not this time all the time yes so. yes and i mean i i go i'm a huge despair fan i love slugfest so it's like i go mm-hmm. way back with that whole scene and i remember like being at this show and it was i we went down to orange county which i never want to go to and yeah. uh, went with my friend lisa garlic who's at rise records now oh and, lisa i work yeah, with her she's awesome she's love her homie for life she's great and like we were at the show we drove down together with my buddy matt and we're um we're, we're watching the show and i walk in and i see ray harkins from taken 
And mm-hmm. and Ray is like, I knew you'd be here. He's like, I'm gonna sing something, and I'm like, you're gonna sing "She Suffocates." I have no idea where that because that's my favorite Snapcase song. Oh, and such a good song. He's like, God damn it! And he's like, Yes, I'm totally singing "She Suffocates," Rob. And wow, I, I sat because like it's you forget that like there's no rules at a hardcore show. So I was able mm-hmm. to like just sit on stage. I'm not. I have. I bought a ticket like a fan. And I ended up using, like, Daryl ended up, like, DMing me and was like, we don't know each other, like, too well, you know, and it's been, like, 20 years. And he's like, hey, I love this photo. Do you mind if I just post it? It's of, like, me and Ray. And I'm like, what? You're asking? Yes, you <laughs> just can go take ahead. It. Just take it. But I, it's like, that's the power. Like, the place was packed out. And it's like, I saw Faith No More here, like, two years mm-hmm. before. I've seen the Deftones there. And it's like, Snapcase on their own. I mean, Modern Life Kim- is War, like, opened up. But, like... That's, That's not the much, same level. No, right? but like Snapcase, they, I think if they kept going, I don't know what would have happened to music. I just, I think I'm just selfish and want more Snapcase records, but it's I like, do too. they could have morphed into something that they were already turning into and would it have been more mainstream? Probably. Could it have been big? Possibly. But I'm just like, it could have been amazing. You know, I hope that they're not done. No, I, I feel like I've gone to see them. They played a reunion show sometime in the OOs, and they played in Brooklyn, and it was around Thanksgiving weekend. And I hate nothing more than going to shows in Brooklyn because I live in New Jersey. It's two I live, bridges, two bridges. I, two bridges. I live 14 miles from Brooklyn, and it will never take me more less than an hour and a half to get there. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't want to take public transit. I'm a snob about it. I, I did that for many years commuting it. in Manhattan. So I was like, I'll drive. You gotta find parking in Brooklyn. I'm always like, I'm not really sure. I don't, I know neighborhoods now much better because I'm always going to shows in Brooklyn because of St. Vitus right. and everything. Nobody likes Manhattan anymore. I don't understand why. But I gotta cross two bridges and I gotta go through a couple bodies of water and I fucking hate it. So I didn't care that I was like, well, Snapcase is playing in Brooklyn, I'm going. And I lost my voice by the second song. I oh, felt like course. such an idiot. <laughs> and then they played another show. That I went to the one revolver presented it because enriquez got me and i was like dude you got to get me to the show so i went to that one and that was at um vitus i was a uh no the vitus one was the next night this one was the bigger the the i forget what it's called not Um, not brooklyn steel though right no it wasn't brooklyn steel it was the place that like it's kind of it had a rug and an upstairs and all those mirrors Mm. mike would know who works with me i can't remember because we had shows there vane played there i can't remember but anyway I went there, but I went by myself. Nobody wanted to help me. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm, I'm not missing Snapcase. And I saw the set list beforehand. And I was like excited because I was like, I knew what I was going to be getting. And it was still like guys that were, you know, my age just still, you know, you got the, everybody finger pointing in front of you and you can't see anything. But it's still like everybody was still vibing with those lyrics. Yeah. And Daryl was still being very, Daryl has a very subtle, sarcastic humor when he's on stage. And you know, it was just the... The, it was the energy on that was totally amazing, and that was another Brooklyn show. And I went to that. So I was like, I, I can't. Snapcase can't play, and I, I don't go. And then I saw him last summer uh, in June. It was right around Father's Day. It was a Saturday night at Irving Plaza. They opened for Sick of It All, and I was like, man, these guys still have it. I still want to just scream the lyrics to every song, and I just totally. want to. I want them to keep playing and not stop. Hey, look, and I don't feel that way about a lot of bands. No, and that's that's a really good point. So one, I did. I went. So they they redid the California Takeover out here last year, and I went. It was the Terragram, and they were going on first. And I'm like, are you fucking? What? Ki-? I, I was stoked because I wanted to see Earth Crisis, but I've seen Strife so many times because they're an LA yeah. band. So I was able to go see Snapcase. It was oversold. And then the venue holds like 700 uncomfortably, and there had to be like a thousand people in there. And mm. I, I went, saw Snapcase, and called my Uber. And it was, and, I, and I'm bummed, but Earth Crisis didn't go on till like midnight. And it's yeah. like, it was like 8 30. And I'm like, well, dude, I'm too this. old for that. Yeah. I need to be in bed the same night as the show. Right. Like, if I get <laughs> right, home, right, right. that's the new rule. Like, when I got to go see Gojira, at, and who I love and think are perfect, yeah. when I got to go Great see bad. them at, say, Vitus, and they go on at 10 30, I'm like, I'm not getting it home in time. I'm going to be in bed tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I like a show where I am home in bed before the next day. So if oh, I get oh. home at 11.50, wash my face, take out my contacts, brush my teeth, boom, go to bed. Perfect. I am old because <laughs> I've gone to four shows a night for so many years. And that was the greatest Same. thing. That was the greatest thing when this body was 23 years old. It's not 23 anymore. So I feel it the next day. I'm like, my back hurts, my feet, you know, my, my legs. I'm like, oh my God, my neck. And it's just, we're getting old. But that's... Yeah. I, I, and. I still, though, will 
go see Snapcase anytime they play because it totally. never they never disappoint me. It's also a rarity, so it feels very special when you get to see those guys. I'll still buy the merch. I still think that there's there's so much on progression through on learning. That was such a groundbreaking record from the title. And they broke up slightly after that record came out. And then they got back together. Oh, I didn't know did, that. Yes, they did. Like I remember when it came out in 97 and I mm -hmm. went to CMJ, the CMJ convention. And I remember Ron Platzer, who was their radio guy at, at, at Victory Records, pulled. I said, dude, I, this was when I was like, dude, I'm hearing rumors that Snapcase broke up. And that's when you couldn't go on the PRP or Lambgoat or Snapcase Instagram to find out what was going on. You had to find it out from the source. And he was like, yeah, well, they broke up. They just were like, things weren't working. And I was like, well, they just released one of the best albums ever. And they were gone. And then they came back. I think they got back together like a year later. And that's when, and then Designs from Motion came out in 2000. Ah, uh, I didn't know that. Cause that yeah, it was, it was a little, it was a short breakup from what I remember, but I do remember like talking to Ron and being like, what the fuck? Cause I remember I was on the other side working. I was running my college radio station at Jacksonville and we ended up getting the three, which is now for some reason on streaming services. It's the EP you shared a song of it. It was the energy dome EP. And mm -hmm. that was just a radio promo. Those songs got like reworked, I think a little bit when they ended up making the record. But like that, I remember that that I'm like, oh my God, they're back. And it didn't feel like that long of a time because I was obsessed with progression so much. I must have listened to that record a thousand times. And that's no exaggeration. Like I know every note, every nuance, mm -hmm. every like that record just and that's like that's what's especially over the last couple of years when you start hearing about how every band that you ever loved, guys a piece of shit. This this dude like like, like you know, this dude sexual assault. That dude This guy's a, a scumbag. This guy's yeah. scumbag. This dude is into QAnon. Like it just no. it's it, it, it just like another <laughs> level altogether. And with Snapcase it's like shit. Like I bet on the right pony. Like, like I, this is the right band. This is there's. I don't foresee. Not that they're like at that level where it's going to be as like you know noticeable or whatever. But it's like they those lyrics ring true. They're never. They're they're never going to not be important. Not they're not never going to go out of style. They're never going to. They're they age well. Yeah. And they the the lyrics on songs like you know Caboose and and Zombie Prescription, Harrison Bergeron. They're they're just she suffocates. It's all stuff that's still relevant today. And and it was, the Snapcase breakdowns, they were always just choppy and chunky. That's the only way I can describe it. Whereas Earthquake, you know you were gonna get the you know, it was the, it was the you know, caveman, smash away. Totally. Still killer, still makes me wanna beat the shit out of people because he just, it gets the red out. But Snapcase breakdowns were like, they just felt like they were like a little more interesting and they, but they were still, you could still just rock out so hard because they just, they just mastered it on that record. Like I, it has held up for me. So many records do not hold up. Like I listened to records I loved and I'm just like, oh, this is garbage now. Right. Or this just does <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I just don't love this. Like I did. Why did I like this? Right. And Progression through unlearning holds up for me, and so does designs for automotion. I just like ambition now. I've been listening to that all day. I'm just like that song is just pretty. And and would you ever think Snapcase would be pretty? And it was pretty. No, it is pretty. It's like it's got a. It's got. They were able to have a funk and a groove to them that a lot of these bands like that. Look that. Look at the core of it. Nope, actually, maybe pun intended. At the core of it, <laughs> a, bre a breakdown is about feel. It's about groove. It's mm -hmm. about like. Like, are you gonna pick up the change? Are you? Gonna are you gonna floor punch? Yeah, are, you are you gonna? Are you gonna? Are you gonna windmill? Are you gonna put your hands over your eyes and look like oh you're driving? <laughs> right. are, are, are you? Are you karate man? Like, what's happening? <laughs> right. Oh my god! It's like so. Like if. It, it's almost it's like it's like it's so ridiculous it's like wrestling and i love wrestling it is. But it's like it is. it's so ridiculous but it is but it's like snapcase definitely was like a step of, they were always a step above and it's like i always think about like and you just nailed it where it's like the, the breakdowns were they they were plentiful but they were smart and it's like mm -hmm. when you think about if you listen to end transmission where they did you know like was it cadence into the beat where they literally did an intro to this other song, but it wasn't really an intro. It was like this kind of like abbreviated, abridged, muffled kind of build up mm -hmm. to this song. And then basically the chorus to the beat when they build up to it is a fucking breakdown, but you're just, you've been so pent up now listening to track two to track three. You're like, this is the release. Fuck yeah. But they turned a song into a breakdown. It's and not like in an unearth kind of way, which again I fuck with hard. Mm -hmm. It's just they took this kind of 
I, I don't know, grad student kind of like like. It was like, more. It was more cerebral. Yeah, very cerebral. Totally, great way of putting it. I just, you know, I love them. I, I, I will always, just always make time for them when there's a show. I will change whatever I'm doing to be. I remember I was pissed because they played This Is Hardcore in Philly a couple years ago, and I couldn't go because I was at the AP Awards in in Cleveland that week, and I was just like. All I was doing was searching my phone to just walk after the AP awards, after the after parties, like three in the morning, just laying in bed in my hotel, just searching Instagram to watch videos of the Snapcase sex. I was like, did they play this song? Did they play Incarnation? Did they play this? And it was just like, just you, you like are jonesing for it because you don't get it much from them. And, and they're just, they were always nice dudes. Like I interviewed Super them nice. billions of times for all the magazines and they knew that I love them. They knew I was a fangirl and they were always awesome to me. They, they were just always rad. And I think I was telling you how when I worked at CMJ, I was the loud rock editor. So I, um, I used to write the, the metal column and I uh, compiled all the radio charts. And Ron Plasser at Victory, who was one of the most influential people on my career, he really put me on a path. And we were, we worked together for many, many years and, and I, and I adore him. Him, he had Daryl recording a bunch of station IDs for radio stations, and he did one for me. And it was just like, hey, this is Daryl from Snapcase, my friend Amy here. And I used it, I edited it, and I used it as my outgoing voicemail at CMJ oh, for course. like two years. So it'd be like, hey, this is Daryl from Snapcase, my friend Amy here. Can't make and I added in, can't make it to the phone. And and it was like in the music industry, you could have an outgoing message that didn't say, Hello, you've reached Amy, and I right. can't take your call right now. Please leave a message. It was Daryl from Snapcase was my outgoing voicemail. And, I love uh, that. That's so I wish I still right. had it. I wish I still had it, but um, That's they were just the best dudes. They were just the best dudes, and they made the, they made some of the most important music of my life. Like that 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 just meant so much to me lyrically. I just was like hit those words. Just I was like somebody else is going through the same thing I am, and I still hold on to the Steps EP because cognition that's my song that's the mm -hmm. one where it's just like the the, the 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 riffing it sounds so circular you know in that song it comes back to it later it does. and just what daryl says i just am like yes i just connect with it on a whole wholly different level yeah i think that and then windows on that ep mm -hmm. is the one that like that was the one that was like wow this is their sound that was the first yeah. that was the first time we heard frank right I think so, yes. Yeah, and that was the first time where it was like, what is this staccato riffing that a lot of other bands have like, like you mentioned Poison the Well and all these other bands that uh, are kind of like... Love, I love, love them too. And like, I went to high school, Ryan Premack, like mm. he, he lives down the street We have the same now. birthday, I think, too. We always used to talk about that at, um, at shows. I love him and I love Jeff Marrera. Like, that's another guy who's got a, a gift with lyrics. Yeah, he does. And, and I think they were abstract in a way. I mean, and again, look, if you want to look at it that way, they were probably the biggest, you know, hardcore band i guess being they were signed to atlantic sold like several hundred thousand records yeah. and for not being like i mean hatebreed i think does the way they do because they were touring with slayer and they appeal not everybody yeah, they, they appeal to a metal audience that a band like poison the well and snapcase will not you know what it's funny i was on the day before thanksgiving i was going to a bakery to get a to get some pastries for uh, where I was having dinner, you know, being polite, bringing some. And I was uh, in the bakery and I had a Hatebreed hoodie on that they gave me because I still do Presser Hatebreed and they are the loves of my life. Like, I love yeah. those human beings more than anything. Like, Jamie Jossa, I will, Chris Beatty, I, Frank, Matthew Peter Byrne, I will, Wayne, I will lay down in traffic for them. I just adore oh, I them that. as human beings and their music just really, like, hey, I, I love Hatebreed. There's not one Hatebreed song I don't love. So Same. I was wearing a Hatebreed hoodie and this guy turned around and said to me uh do you work in music and i was like what what i don't know what gave it away where but does yes that, where does that i know away? i was like is this guy hitting on me i was like i do and he's like he was like a tall guy with glasses he looked like you know he was a, a little outside of college and he was like i'm uh i'm a big fan of slayer because i listen to 89.5 which is 89.5 fm yep. wsou the, so the, well. the top metal radio station in the country in new jersey and He's like, I, I, I listen to 89.5 quite a bit, and I'm a big fan of Slayer. And I feel like Hatebreed, uh, they remind me of Slayer, and that's why I like them. And I was like, yes, like, that's why people like Hatebreed, because they, they are kind of like Slayer. Like, buddy, so. buddy, speaking about victory, have you heard of All Out War? <laughs> 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 but but, that, but that's, that's what it is. It's a little more universal. It's like, 
it's so funny that like that's the world we live in where it's a, a heavier band is more digestible than a than than a band like Snapcase, which I, I think it took I think they pulled from so many other bands that like you and I already love that it made it so easy to fall mm-hmm. in with them. That's what that's what brought me in. It's like, well, I fucking love Hel- Helmet. I love Unsane. I love Curb Dog and COC and all these yep. bands. And it's like well, they have a feel that these other bands don't have. It felt smarter and not like in a, no offense to them at all, but not like in a Dillinger kind of way. It felt mm-hmm. smarter in a way where like, or even a Candiri, who I fucking love. I it, love Candiri and I love Dillinger, but I need measured doses because it's so intense and it takes your brain in so many different places right. that it, it was just so intense. You know, my favorite Candiria record is What Doesn't Kill You because Come that's the on, one. No, you that's gotta, not- <laughs> you gotta stop. You gotta stop this. Because like that's the fucking one. That that is the one. Nobody just- else on this planet, probably including members of the band, feel that way. I I just love it because it had the more accessible songs, but it still sounded like Candiria to me. That's right. And and like the process of self-development and 300% density is just that. It's dense music. And I just remember Carly with no shirt on and the six-pack abs pogoing up and down on stage and them having like kiosks worth of merch, like so much merch so and much loving, merch. loving Candiria. But like Candiria is an acquired taste and so is Dillinger. Um, yeah. You know, and I love Dillinger because they are from New Jersey. I, I, I love Ben Wyman. I love everybody that I love everything that they do. Yeah. You know, sugar-coated sour, 43% burnt. I'm sorry, calculating infinity. Like Genius. I could start and end. I could start and end there. Not no disrespect. I love Greg and everything he did is amazing, but calculating infinity yeah, to Dimitri me is, killed it. it. It's and it's so definitive. And Greg did so right by those songs, singing them and performing them for all those years after Dimitri left. But to me, it's calculating infinity because everything. I always feel that Calculating Infinity and then stuff by Shy Halud, Converge, Mm -hmm. and Poison the Well, every band in the early 00s had some influence from those bands. Oh, totally. I mean, like, Converge is like the ultimate version of that, where it's like they were this other thing altogether. Like, to listen Mm -hmm. to those first couple records on Hydrahead, it was like, those are like art records like they're great they but are and like... everybody loves jane doe and I, I do too but i'm like have you guys heard the saddest day like right, you know right, i'm like right, right. that's the one where i'm like that's where my head goes it, they take my brain out scramble it and put it back with that song and i'm just like and it's so powerful and that's like to me that's their pinnacle totally and i love that they play as blood moon now when they do these special shows like roadburn because that to me is what Snapcase was already doing inside the confines mm-hmm. of Snapcase. like i am such a fucking fan of End Transmission because this was a band that was growing and there's so little on that record that if you went back three years is recognizable. The parts that are, are. Like Coagulate, mm-hmm. like there are, but like, or Aperture or whatever, but like they were becoming something so different and like I'm so bummed that we never got a follow-up. I mean, Bright Flashes has the B-sides and like helmet cover and you know, mm-hmm. funny funny enough i always thought he sounded like perry and then they covered mountain song mm-hmm. but like oh I, and they covered a, didn't they cover a police song too somewhere they covered uh truth hits everybody on the mm-hmm. boy sets fire split another oh, band that i fucking oh, love God. after the eulogy also came out in mm-hmm, 2000 mm-hmm. and that is a perfect album like get it out of the way song with after the eulogy my life in the nitrate i always tell nathan you wrote that song about me every <laughs> lyric in that song I, I, is about a person who i don't hate i just don't care you right. know and i'm like that song like whenever i start seeing myself getting involved with somebody who reminds me of that person i'm like i gotta listen to my life in the knife trade because that one it, rookie all oh, those yeah. songs such i saw boys that's fire's final show at the trocadero in philly in june of 2007 and you should go look on youtube watch they of course close Close the set with after the after the eulogy. You can't do end of the set with anything else but that. No. And the crowd is so is deafeningly loud, you know, on that song with Rise. It it it, it literally like I get chills every time I watch it or listen to it in my car because I'm just like, this was a band who like they 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 were they they had catchy 
melodies Nate could sing. Oh yeah, and and they and had uniquely. the sickest breakdowns ever. Yeah, and and like they were unique in a way where they could have crossed. I mean, they ended up signing to fucking wind up. And then, I know, but never lost sight of who they were. Like it, they were still the, thing, the same. Even the misery. I fucking love that band. And it's funny that like the last time I saw Boys That's Fire, it was so long because like none of these bands tour the West Coast. Even when they mm-hmm. they do reunion shows, it's few and far between who does yep. come out here. Snapcase. It took them. 17, 16, 17 years to get out here. Jeez. It's right. That's what I'm saying. It, like I saw them at, you know, surf and skate, all these fucking yeah. Jersey shows, New York shows. And that's the, why Jersey is the best country in the world. Just <laughs> I've seen so many shows at the Saint and at, uh, you know, Birch Hill or oh, whatever the fuck it's called, Starland. The, the Starland Ballroom. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I mean, that was, those are my home venues. And, but it's like, I remember seeing that the last time I saw them, it was, God, 2002, 2003, and it was it was Snapcase and Boy Sets Fire, a co-headline with a Treyu opening. Oh, my God. Oh, oh yes. I saw that. That had to be in October-ish because I, I don't know how I have that memory of that, but um, I remember that tour. I, I went to that, and, and Boy Sets Fire and Snapcase used to tour together a lot. Mm-hmm. You want to know a fun fact? I don't know if you know this about the, the Snapcase Boy Sets Fire EP on Equal Vision. Mm. Boy Sets Fire was not supposed to be the band that was on that EP. Do you know who it was supposed to be? I don't. This is one another one of my all-time favorite bands whose album um, I could talk about forever, Water and Solutions. It was supposed to be far and no they broke shit. up. Uh, do you know what, like when when Ian from Equal Vision told me that Snapcase and Far were gonna do uh, uh, I literally died. Uh, I was just like, I'm dead. I'm dead. Because Far I have I have Far lyrics tattooed on me. Um what lyrics? I, Which uh, ones? it's it's from Water and Solutions. Yeah. And I'll say that the person who told me to listen to Water and Solutions was two people. It was Derek Patton, who was the publicist at Immortal Records. He sent it because he set me up with a Deftones interview. And he said, I'm going to send you this record by his band, band Far. I was like, I know Far. I know uh, Tin Kansas Strings to yeah. do their first record. He's like, I need you to listen to it. I need you to write about it. I was like, all right, send it to me. And then when I interviewed Stefan Carpenter from the Deftones, he said to me, you got to listen to Far. He goes, if you like my band, you need to listen to Far, Water and Solutions. He's like, it's the best thing coming out this year. And I remember I listened to it and I went, this is a, one of the greatest things I've ever heard. So the Far tattoo that I have, it's on my back. It's incorporated with an angel. And it's a lyric from the song, Wear It So Well, which is, I believe, track nine on Water and Solutions. And it says, you're up here with angels, but you look like hell. And that's, mm-hmm. I love the juxtaposition. And I will say, I'm sorry if this is a flex, but Jonah has sung that song to me so many times and literally... It means more, so much to me every time he does it because he knows that that song, I always say, I, that song is like a life raft for me when I'm wearing a chum bikini in shark-infested water. <laughs> it literally, it's my life raft. It, it, the lyrics, it's, a, it's not a relationship song. It is a song about telling your, it's fighting with yourself. And and it's like, he called, Joan used to call it the hate song to myself. And it, to me, like, that's my, that's the song I would, would want playing at my funeral because it's, it's that song that, Everything about it, it it's ten, there's tension in it. And the best thing about FAR and about Water and Solutions is that the tension between Jonah Matranga, the singer, and Sean, Sean Lopez, the yes. guitarist, that tension, that interpersonal tension and the musical tension is what makes that album beautiful. And it's the same tension between Chino Moreno and Stefan Carpenter that makes the Deftones so perfect. Their, their personal and musical tension, Stefan liking Meshuggah and Chino liking PJ Harvey and colliding right. that, the colliding that head first is what makes the white pony. To this day, my favorite record of the OOs, there I that's a record that the first when I got my promo copy of it, because I was still writing when that came out. I, I took it home, I sat on my bed, I turned the lights out, I listened to it on headphones at 7 p.m. that night, and I just went, passenger, fetisheria, oh, all that stuff fucked with my head, and I was like, this is the most perfect, perfect record. And I do believe that Jonah wrote Be Quiet and Drive with Chino. On, he had on, to, I mean. It sounds like a far song. It does, you know? and like you know, and everyone always, everyone always credits the the co- their cover of the Cars Drive to Deftones, but it's not. It's actually mm-hmm. Chino singing with the Revolution Smile. Yep. Which oh is, gosh. So, I, yeah, which I worked those. I worked the first. I Revolution loved Revolution Smile. Smile. Record. When I met, like, I had met Sean Lopez at a Far show. When I interviewed Jonah. Um, it was probably like 1998. It was right before I moved to New York to work at CMJ. And I interviewed Jonah. And I remember Sean was sitting there eating Chinese food like while we were talking. And Jonah told me that night, he goes, you got to listen to this record called The Shape of Puck to Come by Refused. And he was like, you know, he was the first person who told me to listen to that. And that night, I mean, they Far was opening for fucking Monster Magnet. Who put that tour together? How what? does that make sense? 
I know. I'm like, what that is like, that was just, they couldn't get good tours and they had broken up after that. Yeah, but it's like two bands that don't belong on major they don't labels. Be- no. They're on major labels. No, and they didn't belong on a tour together. No. But far, you, when I actually cashed in 50,000 frequent flyer miles in October 2008, because they played their first reunion show on U.S. soil at the Glass House in Pomona. And I was dating somebody in Anaheim at the time for many years. And I was two, like, oh, 2009. 2000, was it 2009? I thought it was 2008. Maybe eight, because I was at the show. It was 2000. I, I it was, was 2008. show in San Francisco. It was 2008. I know that because we broke up the next year. So, <laughs> right, so I got a lot of personal, I got a lot of personal baggage on that one. And I remember what this was in October because the Phillies, I'm a huge, I'm from right after the Phillies. So I'm a Phillies and Eagles fan and Flyers fan. And the Phillies beat the Dodgers to advance to the World Series the year that they won. It was 2008. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was on a plane. I called out sick at Roadrunner. I told my boss, I said, I'm going to see Far. I don't care. I left. I took a like a, a three o'clock flight. So it was like a 12 o'clock flight with the time adjusting for the time zone. And uh, what the Phillies had won. And when I landed, there was like all these messages from my dad going, where are you? Because the Phillies are going to the World Series. I'm really worried. I'm going to start calling the cops. You're not calling back because I didn't tell anybody. And I called him. I was like, dad, I'm fine. I'm fine. I didn't even tell him where I was. And uh, my boyfriend at the time picked me up. We drove to, he picked me up at the Orange County Airport. Picked me up. We went to, uh, we went to the show. I got there just in time because I was like, Far cannot play these songs on U.S. soil for their first show back, and I'm not there. Right. I, I I had to be there, and it was one of the best nights of my life seeing those songs again, as I had not seen them for a decade. See, and I never got to see them before that because they were they you know look Sacramento was coming out with this like it, mm-hmm. to me a lot of it felt very Snapcase Invalids. You had Far Will Will Haven. Will Haven is one of my favorite bands ever. And well, they, Baseball Theory is such a great song. Oh my oh, god. I, well, El Diablo, Carpe mm-hmm. Diem, those records, and even they're like they're like they they can do no wrong because I, I like I love you will love this is that when I I'm a huge red tape fan too oh my god who nobody I love knows Jeff. Oh yeah. god. I love that record it's so um, good. no sleep to Stalingrad yeah. what was the other um I, I that like nobody at Roadrunner liked that band except me and Gitter who signed them well and Austin Stevens really liked them too oh Austin probably yeah Austin yeah. I love him uh yeah that red I loved red tape it mm-hmm. was like it, it was not punk rock and we tried to put it in a punk rock lane, but it was punk rock. But it was also like, there was just, uh, what was Jeff's last name again? Je- it starts with J- a J. J- Jaworski. Jeff Jaworski. Um, I remember I had to take him around for a surf and skate show when he was here. He stayed at Gitters who lived around the corner from me and I would just drive the bands around all the time. And I, he was just an amazing guy. And he, they were from that area too. And it was they like were. Will Haven, who I always thought like Grady, Avenel's voice, I always thought was just the best. Was, was sick. And Snapcase, not Snapcase, sorry, sorry, Far, Deftones, that area produced some really, it was a fertile, fertile time of awesome bands it was and like that's the thing is like you think about all the bands that you like that are from that genre and you think of a band like snapcase or will haven those are the ones and even the refuse which i think refuse especially a shape of punk to come i think was a reaction to progression at least in my mm. mind is that i can feel that i can you, fuck with that <laughs> i don't know if that's how it is but that's how it felt mm. to me as a kid and I it think doesn't that, like, sound off too off it's base. not too off base right and that's the thing is like the one common denominator here other than being like intelligent front men is that the bands had guys that were screaming, but it was different. And yep. like, like there, there's other bands. A lot of them are from Sweden, honestly, like Breach and these other bands where they were doing things that were just slightly left of center. Blindside too, I think. Oh, Blindside for bands. sure. Totally. For sure. They were all in like the Burning Heart label overseas. Mm-hmm. And they were all just doing something that I think spoke to... We, we It's not that we didn't love the Meathead Hardcore, because I fucking love Meathead Hardcore. I love like... <laughs> Mad balls look my way. I love oh, that shit. So good, so but, good. But Snapcase and bands like that, Will Haven, they they spoke to a different like yeah. they, like you sat down with that record, like you you read through the lyrics, you wanted to know about the band. It wasn't just a record you liked or a band you fucked with. It was like this is. This is. I'm going to go buy all the merch. I'm going to go to all the shows. I'm going to learn everything I can about these people. I want to try to talk to Jonah after a show to to just get inside that beautiful man's beautiful brain. You know, <laughs> that is he. Correct. I love him. He he was like Jonah. He's a poet. He's like yeah. He he's got disciples. When he did one line drawing, oh yeah, totally. just some of the things that he put out there, and I just remember like 
thinking when they got back together, I wrote the bio for it. And I was just like, I, I'll do it for free. I don't care. It's, I'll do anything just to touch anything far. And I think At Night We Live, the reunion album that nobody cared about was excellent. I, There's so many good songs on there. I uh, the that, Reckoning. I worked oh, you that did? record. <laughs> you, I yeah. mean, did you like it? I loved it. I thought that the title track was great. I thought that... Um, oh. It was a tribute to to Chi Chang. Yeah, the, well, and that's and living. I was living in the Bay Area at the time, and I, like I said, I got to go to the the same show you saw in South Florida, or I'm sorry, Southern California. I saw it Slims in San Francisco because Live 105 was the first station to add their cover of Pony, and mm-hmm. so that was like a huge thing. And they sold out Slims, where I'd seen like Monomarth and Catatonia mm-hmm. and all these huge bands, you know, from overseas and far. Nobody packed it out. Far packed it out. I love that. I love that. Also across the street from the Eagle, which is a unbelievable gay bar. I didn't know it was a gay bar <laughs> at the time. Not that that would have mattered. Like it's a no, fucking awesome outdoor space. But I remember after that show specifically, went with my buddy across the way, and I was like, um, "Wow, I keep getting served here. This is incredible. What is this place?" <laughs> and then Torch was playing there that night, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, hold on." So I ended up going back there several times because it was like this amazing outdoor experience, and then everybody would everybody that wasn't like a piece of shit mm-hmm. would spill over from Slim's to right, right. the Eagle. Anyway, um, but that's that. It, it's amazing that 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 was such a fertile time for bands like this, and I, I just don't think that. I don't. I don't know if bands have the ability to kind of come up like 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 a band like Snapcase or even a band like Terror like did, where it was like, okay, we're gonna put out an EP, we're gonna put out a record, we're gonna try something. They're gonna we're sign gonna... a Trustkill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You signed a Trustkill. You signed a Victory. You signed to Equal Vision. It's like that was your path, and then you had label loyalty. You would just. Yeah. I bought shit off Victory Records catalog that just was... because it had the Bulldog on That's there, what... not just because I have Bulldogs, but because they. I knew I was gonna get something that I wanted, like Grade. A totally forgotten about band that is mm-hmm. so awesome. Like uh, uh, the the Under the Radar EP, oh, so good. It was that was that the EP Under the yeah, Radar, it was. The Stolen Bicycles Ride Fastest. It's like such uh, one of those bands that I just totally adored and like totally not enough people know about them. And another victory band from New Jersey, the greatest country in the world, mm. that that put out a definitive record that I don't think can ever be touched is Dead Guy with Fixation oh on a Coworker. God. Yeah, totally. Untouchable perfection. Like, I did an interview. Uh, somebody was doing a documentary on on Dead Guy, and Ron Platzer, the radio guy, had put me in touch because he knew that I was such a Dead Guy fan. Like, and Kiss It Goodbye you know, was okay, but Dead Guy, t- Fixation on a Coworker, another record that still stands up for me. It's it noisy, does. it's chunky, and it's smart. And it's heavy as fuck in a totally different way. Well, Dead Guy is like botch without all the math. Oh, yeah. Yes. Totally can see that without the math. Right. And that, and that, look, that that's what it comes down to, right? Is that like, I love, you love what you love, but what it comes down to it, you you want what you want. And and, and the, like these bands like a Will Haven or a Dead Guy or a Snapcase or like they just, or Earth Crisis, they just give you what you want. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that like, so, all right. So to, to, to bring this full circle, is yeah. there a favorite record? Is there a favorite song? Where where does that sit for you? For Snapcase? Yeah. Favorite song? Favorite song. I'm God, It's a hard I'm, question. It is. It's you know, it's brutal because I'm like, but I love this about this and I love this and maybe if I can mash that together. I gotta go with cognition I because knew you'd say that. Yeah. it gets the it's the get it out of the way song. It's usually first or second in the set. The 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 circular riffing, I don't know any other way how to describe it other than circular because it comes back to it. It just, the lyrics, it's everything. It was better produced. It was Snapcase. That It's the definitive song for me and I could listen to it a thousand times a day and never get sick of it. I so think, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go with Cognition. Circular is the best way I've ever heard that song described. <laughs> it feels like you're stuck in this cylindrical kind of situation that you don't want to get out of. It's- I want to live in it i just want it to <laughs> right, like i right. want to take up residence in it right totally. in, in daryl taberski's voice <laughs> I know, I, I and and, and the riffs but um album wise album wise i gotta go looking glass self even though i love progression because just looking glass self was like like the record i bonded with more and that it landed in a time in my life when i needed it so that's your favorite but that's is that their best no, progression through unlearning no questions right. asked Lou Collar, I'll give it up to the, to him every day. He nailed it with his assessment that it just changed. It it was like it 
it's a high watermark and it's it's like for the genre a, it's almost a dividing line it was where people went that's what i that's what you need to aspire to not to sound like that but you need to inspire to that level of artistic growth 100 percent, because like before that you were dealing with like you know as far as you got was like destroy the machines earth crisis where it's like production still shitty but mm-hmm. it's like imagine that record having the balls that snapcase records had yeah. production wise it's just it's it's on they they were unmatched and i think that like i remember talking to them it was right before the skate and surf show in 2003 let's say where they had it was them and finch headlining the, oh my god what in, it is to burn great great album great album great song and it was in the main hall and they fucking crushed it and i think it was before that set where they had done an interview that i read we, we talked about it i talked about it with daryl like, at the time where it was like they would call these fans that would come to shows and scream out incarnation looking glass up. <laughs> they, they, they would call them they would call them live in the past dudes <laughs> living in the past dudes yes i remember this and like and of course i'm at the show at surf and skate which is like this <laughs> epic huge fucking room and i totally forgot yeah, about living in the past dudes <laughs> that was like a real thing and like it I'm, was it was and like i remember like it got quiet for a second while they, you know hardcore bands sometimes aren't the best at like being like what's up next guys what's up motherfucker there's none of that really yeah and no. like and then like it was quiet for a second and someone yells like, incarnation <laughs> and it was like i was just hoping one guy in the band would say something and i think it was john was like he looked at me goes we are gonna play that song but can you just <laughs> calm down it was something to like that effect and i'm like oh my god he wanted to say it so bad he wanted to call him a live in the past dude i so wish bad. he did yeah. I, maybe i was a living in the past dude i just didn't shout incarnation no but like you know what you want but at the same time you want to see these bands like carry on progress get better yeah. because you know they're always going to come back to what brought them into the dance so it's like just hang tight but at the same time like could you also maybe play windows that'd be cool yeah, I'd rather hear or breaking and reaching, which is a very rare, totally, uh, very rarely makes a snap case set. I think it, it, I've only seen it once. I think I've only seen it once as well. Once or twice, maybe. Yeah. But um, another band I just want to mention really quick that I feel sh- that I fuck with to this day and and I still think has a flawless catalog is Vision of Disorder. VOD was fucking great and so ahead of their time and I like I think they were. Tim doesn't get credit for Blood Simple none of that. Oh, he gets- and from Bliss to de- Bliss to Sev- See, look, I'm doing the stutter. From <laughs> Bliss to Devastation, underrated <laughs> record. Totally. Sunshine, gr- I want to go listen to that after we're done talking. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing, like the plentiful of riches that we had. Like, that's why I've said it so many times in this podcast, and it's a great way to kind of like bring this all together and wrap it up, is that I think that like so many bands that we grew up with I think that scene or those, you know, the many scenes, be it like the Seattle scene of the early 90s or like the hardcore scene of the late 90s, early 2000s, I think that like that's never going to happen again. And Mm -hmm. we were fortunate enough to live through it be able to see these bands and some of them like a Snapcase, they just kind of like they continue to go on and like will, will there be more Snapcase shows? I think so. Will we have I do too. They they played a new song at a show about two years ago. Will we have a new EP or a new seven inch? I would fucking love that. And I think that like that's carried on through bands like Every Time I Die and Comeback Kid that are like So good every time I die. One of the best bands. The mo- they are one of the few bands on this planet, regardless of genre, that somehow gets better better record over record it's a 20 years going and now. they like hot damn came out in 2001 i, I have been seeing the buckleys and andy williams <laughs> for so long and i like andy williams is the biggest sweetest teddy bear ever i just want to hug him for an hour every time i see him because he's just a big gentle giant sweetheart and keith buckley that brain is brilliant as well the, the brain's lyrics brilliant. Yep. The, the lyric he has a the the the, the i keith you are not the father maury povich tattoo that i think is the greatest thing oh ever my God. but those guys every time i die i've seen them probably like price i would say 25 times I have never been disappointed once. It's always a flawless show when every time I die takes the stage. Listen, I saw them two years ago. Funny enough, I saw them like right after I saw Snapcase. Uh, it was three years ago maybe now, but they played an underplay tour and they had turnstile opening, so it was fucking great. Oh and wow. They it was one of the it was one of the best shows I've ever seen, hands down. They also posted my photo, which was super strange. And mm-hmm. the two my two Buffalo bands in the same week post my it was just a weird, a weird <laughs> thing. But I remember watching that show and being like, I went by my myself and i was absolutely fucking 
floored because I keep seeing them and keep being floored. And I feel that like if Snapcase just kept going, it would be the same situation. I think it, I think, but you know what? The good thing is like what you were saying is that I know like kids these days, I'm sorry to sound like get off my lawn, but these kids do not have like any idea what music is. The worst thing I ever heard my nieces and nephews say is when I said, oh, I'm going to go like to the record store. What's that? Uh, I'm like, oh, that's, that's like, you know, just stick it in my heart, you know? Yeah, that sucks. Like, that's the worst (laughs) thing. sucks. And I know that I can carry Snapcase Records, Deftones, Far, Poison the Well, Hatebreed, VOD, Earth Crisis, Dead Guy. I carry those with me for the rest of my life. Those are always going to impact me. I'm never not going to, like, go back to them or hit them on Spotify or just pull out, like, the CD because I still have my CD collection. I have not sold it. Uh, um, you gotta. Yeah, it's, ta- it's taken up a lot of space. I'm gonna probably pay somebody just to digitize it, and then I'll just keep the ones that I'm thanked in. That's what <laughs> because, I did. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry if that's obnoxious, no, but I'm, no. I'm totally, you know, I'm, I want to keep the ones that have that sentimental value. Of course. But um, I just feel like I used to tear it open, and I used to read the lyrics along with the singer singing them because. As a writer, I, I'm a retired music writer, and I always, as a writer, words, you know, I take words very seriously, so um, that's why I bonded so much and dive in so much to lyrics, I mean, which I, I want to tell you a quick story, too, if you don't mind. I don't want to, did I cut you off? No, no, no. I wanted me. to tell you my quicksand story because I listened to Chris Enriquez's episode about quicksand, and I said to you earlier... I'm on your side. I'm I I prefer manic compression to slip, and I know that That's we are right. why in a wild minority there because everybody loves slip, and yes, it's to be loved. But um, the first time I ever met Walter Schrieffels mm. was at a Deftone show. It was at the Roseland, and you know how the Roseland used to have that little VIP area on the on the on the the the, the general mission floor, and you would always mm-hmm. get the label would give you tickets, and you would either be in the oh, mess or you would go with the special bar. The special bar. Yes, it had a bar in the back. Well, I was watching the 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 Deftone. I think this was in Sergio was in the uh, the Deftones at that point, and I was watching the show. And after it ended, you know, you usually wait for the crowd to clear out, then you go to the after show backstage to hang. I was waiting for the people that I was going back there with because the Deftones were always generous. I always used to go and hang and say hi to Steph and all those dudes. And Walter was standing there with his cargo pants and his flip flops and his <laughs> messenger bag. And, I just, and, and he was just standing there. Right? And it wasn't where you were like the days where you were like texting on your phone. It was it was not that era. Full so I just went up era. to him and I, I just wanted to say like hi to him. And I was like, hey, Walter, I'm Amy. I'm a big quicksand fan. I'm sure he gets that all the time. And he's like, oh, awesome. Thanks. And I just looked at him and I started quoting the song skinny it's overflowing and i just was like and each loves things i can't think straight it's overflowing he looked at me and he goes bring it in he just pulled me into a hug and was like that's the most amazing thing ever he goes you don't have to tell me that you are a quicksand fan you just recited my lyrics to me he goes that's the most meaningful way to ever meet a fan and i was like just wanted to let you know like i just i love that song so much and i think that song is so powerful and with an economic use of language mm-hmm. and i just had to say that to him and i was like i probably looked like the biggest idiot but i didn't even care no but he, i think i'm sure he like he's uh, we've worked together on multiple projects he's the nicest dude and mm-hmm. it's like I, i'm sure that meant the world to him had i to. just had to do it like that song i used to put it on mixtapes because i just love it so much and it's like it's not a real popular quicksand song i don't think but it just it, the way it opens with that rumbling bass line you know and then you just it, it kind of it, it goes into it throughout the, the the verses as well so i was just like i just had to tell him that and another quicksand offshoot band real quick did you like handsome uh, that's literally one of my favorite records of all time. Oh my God. How, uh, for, uh, you want to talk about a record that also still stands the time, Needles and, oh, and uh, like, Dim uh, the Lights. Dim the Lights, like that. And then like, fuck, uh, w- w- f- the whole record front to back. And the fact that like, I'll post about that record from time to time and I'll get like major executives of like big record labels, like DM me like, Oh my God, I worked this record like at Radio at Epic in 1997. It should have been the biggest record ever. It should have been huge. That's, that's, that's one where I'm like, that's mine. And, and very few people love it. And I'm glad I'm one of the people it's like, I, it, I I just don't think it can be touched. I think it should have been huge. I'm looking at right now on, on uh, Spotify. Needles was a great song. Left of Heaven. What was like the ballady one? Was that Left of Heaven was the ballady one? Left of Heaven. 
Yes. Yeah, so and just but it look, is dirt, dirty and sick. It is a part of you. I'm like, oh, I want to say that to when I'm mad at somebody. Like <laughs> well, here, that's just the power of it. Here's what gets me about that record that I love is the mere pettiness of the band existing as they named it Handsome to be ahead of <laughs> Helmet in the CD uh-huh. racks. How crazy is that? So like that's the kind of pettiness that I aspire to get to. <laughs> yeah, I aspire to be that petty. I'm pretty petty about shit. Yeah, but I want to be. I want to be. I want to be peak petty. Yeah, that is peak fucking petty right there. <laughs> so, uh, Amy, I just want to. Th- oh my god, I'm sorry. We went off on like no. eight billion tangents. Are you kidding me? This was amazing. This is exactly this is the best pe- be. conversation I've had in a long time. I'm this super stoked. Fucking great. I am so stoked we got to do this. Thank you so much. I will tag. Thank you for having me. Anytime, I'll tag everything when I post this. Thank Thank you so much, and let's talk again soon. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye.